Welcome to The Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Aglis. Hello and welcome to The Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host, Roddy Aglis. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. Uh, today's special guest, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, MD, is a world-renowned expert on fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. He'll share his insights on these debilitating conditions and, most important, what can be done to combat them. And on our health freedom segment, farmer, activist, and attorney Judith McGeary will update us on the latest efforts to protect food freedom at the Texas legislature. And as usual, we'll bring you the supplement of the week, the burning question, and the drug-induced nutrient depletion report. But first, Radia, your news report sheds some sobering light on the fact that your dietary habits can affect not only your health, but that of your children and grandchildren as well. It sure does, Peter. A study published by a team from Sanford Burnham Priebus Medical Discovery Institute has shown that an epigenetic marker and two genes have been identified that caused heart failure in the offspring and grandchildren of fruit flies with high-fat, diet-induced heart dysfunction. This study, which was published in the Journal of, Nature Journal of Nature Communications, may help to explain how obesity-related heart uh, failure is inherited. Lipotoxic cardiomyopathy heart failure is strongly correlated with obesity and mortality. The incidence of obesity has grown to alarming proportions around the globe, and increasing evidence suggests parents' nutritional status may predispose offspring to lipotoxic cardiomyopathy. According to the team, their results provide evidence that cardiac dysfunction induced by high-fat diets can persist for two subsequent generations and is associated with reduced expression of two key metabolic regulators, transcriptional cofactor PGC1 and adipose triglyceride lipase. The evidence they uncovered suggests that metabolic homeostasis is epigenetically re uh, regulated across generations. The team wants to determine how and when these genetic and epigenetic changes are inherited, to which parental extent they arise from, uh, to determine what the inherited primary changes are and at which point changes are implemented to cause metabolic imbalance and lipotoxic heart disease, and to learn how to intervene and stop these changes from passing to the next generation. Well, you know, we talk, we've talked about uh, epigenetic influences on the show before, but this is really very profound, and granted, it's preliminary. We're talking about mm -hmm. a fruit fly population, but still, uh, to, to be able to show that this can be passed on from generation to generation simply because of the dietary habits of an initial generation is something we need to pay attention to. Well, yeah, and you know, Peter, remember we talked uh, to Dr. Stewart, Kendall Stewart, and we were talking at the end of that show about um, diet. And, you know, and I had mentioned the high fat, the very fad, um, high fat diet Yes. They're now calling the ketogenic, ketogenic diet. diet. Yep. And this is 
again, as we talked with uh, Kendall Stewart about, is um, a real problem if you are genetically predisposed uh, to high fats. And um, it, it, not all diets are just wonderful, and unfortunately these diets become fad-like, and everybody jumps on the high-fat ketogenic diet, and I think it's dangerous. I've seen uh, in my genomic profiles with some of my clients, I've seen that they've got these predispositions for uh, heart-related uh, high-lipid diet problems, you know? AKA there's no one-size-fits-all no dietary one plan for everybody. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, Peter, your report is one of your favorite topics, not necessarily mine, but <laughs> <laughs> exercise. And it has some hopeful news for our brains as we age. Hopeful indeed, Roddy. According to a new study from scientists at Rush University Medical Center, which was published in the journal Neurology, staying active in the golden years may help to maintain memory, thinking skills, and reduce the risk of dementia. The study involved 454 older individuals of which 191 had dementia and 263 did not. Those who were more active had better memory and thinking skills than those who were more sedentary, which was observed even in participants who displayed physical signs of dementia. Participants agreed to donate their brains for research upon death, which occurred at an average of age of 91, and underwent yearly physical exams as well as thinking and memory testing over a 20-year period. Wrist-worn accelerometers were given to each participant to monitor their physical activity 24-7, which ranged from walking around to engaging in more vigorous exercise. Analysis of participant average daily scores showed more daily movements were associated with improved thinking and memory skills compared with less movement. Those who demonstrated better motor skills scored higher on memory and thinking tests. And according to analysis, each standard deviation increase in physical activity was associated with a 31% decreased likelihood of developing dementia. And each standard deviation increase in motor ability was associated with a 55% decreased likelihood of developing dementia. Association between increased physical activity and better test scores remained even after adjusting for presence of biomarkers for Alzheimer's disease and brain lesion severity after post-mortem analysis. And the study author, Dr. Aaron Buckman, states a more active lifestyle may have a protective effect on the brain and exercise is an ex inexpensive way to improve health. Well, you know, I think also with that in mind, I think recreational type exercise such as sports, um, where you're having to use body coordination, uh, dance, where you're also sort of synchronizing your brain with music and rhythm. You know, I think those can also probably enhance uh, brain function, you know? Absolutely. Instead of just standing on a treadmill and, you know, going around and around and around. Our special guest for today is Jacob Teitelbaum, MD, one of the most frequently quoted integrative medical authorities in the world. He's the author of the best-selling From Fatigue to Fantastic, Pain-Free 123, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, Real Cause, Real Cure, The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, 
diabetes is optional, and the popular free smartphone app cures A to Z. He's the lead author of four studies on effective treatment for fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Dr. Teitelbaum appears often as a guest on news and talk shows nationwide, including Good Morning America, The Dr. Oz Show, Oprah and Friends, CNN, and Fox News Health. Dr. T, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Peter, great to be with you both. Hey, good to talk to you again. So let's get right into it, Dr. T, to start things off. Would you please tell our audience what exactly is chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia? Well, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia are two names for the same process in most people. Uh, both of these represent an energy crisis where your body is forced to spend more energy than it's able to make. And when that happens, you essentially trip circuit breaker. And the name of that circuit breaker is called the hypothalamus, little small almond-sized area in the brain. Uh, but that controls sleep as well as hormone function, blood pressure, pulse, sweating, and a host of other functions. So what you get is when you have that paradox of can't sleep even though you're exhausted, and then you have widespread pain, you've got these conditions, and there are literally hundreds of things that can cause the energy crisis. Hmm. Wow. So you contend that, that as uh, you just said, you we're seeing a human energy crisis. Why do you say that? Why is that such a large, uh, in, in such a large scale across the globe? What causes it? Well, uh, Rowdy, as you know, the American and Western diet has changed dramatically. Uh, we're seeing 18% of our calories coming from sugar and another 18% of white, from white flour. Uh, and then we have losses in food processing and a host of other uh, causes for nutrient loss. We've essentially lost half of the vitamins and minerals in our diet in food processing. And there wasn't that much of a reserve to begin with. So virtually everybody... Uh, counter to the you know, standard uh, medical opinion, is nutritionally deficient. Uh, meanwhile, the average night's sleep in the United States, until light bulbs were invented, was nine hours a night. We're now down to six and three-quarter hour. That's a 30% pay cut for sleep. Um, mm. The speed of modern life has increased dramatically. And God bless the news networks, but they've confused dramatizations that are meant to scare people to death and make everybody hate each other with the news. Yeah. You know, they're, no matter what network, it's a, it's a fiction that really stresses our bodies. Mm -hmm. These are people thinking they're in a war zone. And it's just sad. So all of these different things, plus 85,000 chemicals in the environment, and the list goes on and on, has basically overstressed our body's energy uh, production and needs. So are, uh, are you saying, uh, and I think this, is, this bears repeating, if I heard you correctly, that virtually every human being on the planet that is exposed to these factors is, by definition, nutritionally deficient. No, but most people who have a Western diet are. Certainly not everybody. And there's some people who manage to get all the vitamins and minerals they need by having an unprocessed diet. Um, but there's an interesting USDA study on USDA employees looking just at zinc and copper as two nutrients. And I found that the majority of them, uh, a very large percent anyway, did not even have adequate amounts of those. 
so we keep setting the RDA down lower and lower for basically a little bit over what's needed to prevent things like scurvy or things along those lines, uh, not looking at what's needed to deal with the stress of modern life. Basically, I feel that most people need to be on a really good multivitamin and a high-potency one um, just to compensate and be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how does someone know if they have chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia, and how does it relate to normal fatigue? Well, normal fatigue will go away if you're on vacation. You know, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Uh, also, with normal fatigue, you get a good weekend off, and you can sleep all day and all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tip-off that you have chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia is the paradox that you can't sleep well even though you're exhausted. Um, because that sleep center is in the hypothalamus, that's a circuit breaker that goes offline, people have trouble falling asleep, have trouble staying asleep, and if they do sleep, they wake up unrefreshed. So can't sleep despite exhausted, that's the tip-off that you've got this process, not something else like just simple low thyroid or anemia or any of a hundred other fatiguing problems. So we understand that your recent study shows that chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and pain are now very treatable. Uh, could you please share with our audience uh, the results of that study and the treatment? Uh, this is a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study uh, in which we did a comprehensive protocol to address uh, five key domains of optimizing energy. And we call that the SHINE protocol, S-H-I-N-E. So we optimized sleep using a mix of natural and prescription therapies, opt- optimized hormone function. And again, people have hormonal deficiencies despite normal tests. Uh, that's another conversation for what normal means on the blood tests. We addressed infections and uh, also orthostatic intolerance. Uh, We addressed nutritional deficiencies. And then uh, as a very minor point, because uh, this was not both the treatment arm and the control arm, we did make sure they did some walking for conditioning. Um, But those other four areas, uh, when you did that versus getting off placebo, um, and nobody knew who was getting what, um, 91% of people in the active treatment group improved with an average 90% increase in quality of life. Which means that for most people, you know, they get up to basically feeling uh, very often just like their healthy selves again. Um, and that shows, one, the study proves two things. It proves that this is a treatable disease. And also, anybody who's out there who's still in the dark age is saying that this is not a real disease has gone from being a nitwit to being an unscientific nitwit. <laughs> the research is very clear. This is a devastating and real illness. Um, but it's also very treatable. The problem is that there's no single patentable expensive medication here. If, if my study, you know, had been a, a patentable medication, I could buy an island in Hawaii and retire. But there's nothing, no single treatment that's an expensive treatment, and therefore nobody's paying to get the information to the physicians. So out of that SHINE protocol, uh, sleep being, the, of course, the S, um, what you were describing there in terms of sleep pattern also seems to correlate with what a lot of people feel or experience when they're having some sort of adrenal issues. Could you talk a little more about that? Absolutely. The control center, that circuit breaker that goes off called the hypothalamus, 
controls adrenal function along with almost all the other hormones in the body. And the cortisol adrenal stress handler hormone needs to be up, if you do a blood level, at about 18 uh, microgram per deciliter in the morning when you wake up. At bedtime, it should be down under one. Uh, otherwise, you can't fall asleep. And what happens is people are too low during the day, so they get this irritable when hungry, what's been coined hangry, or what I call feed me now or I'll kill you moments, um, uh, during the day when the cortisol is too low. But at nighttime, the cortisol is too high. And the way that you can tell that is if your mind is wide awake and racing when it's time for bed. And if you have that, uh, taking uh, some ashwagandha and phosphatidylserine, a um, nice product called Sleep Tonight, what can do that? Um, take that about an hour before bedtime to bring the cortisol down. You'll know within a week if that's a problem. Uh, if you do have that, uh, many of you find you're going to wake up at 2 in the morning because your blood sugar then plummets during the night uh, as the cortisol finally drops. So you want to eat, and I'm going to underline the word protein, snack before bedtime, like a hard-boiled egg or a little bit of meat and cheese. Uh, it doesn't take much, an ounce or two. And that can help maintain your blood sugars longer into the evening. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's many reasons people wake up in the middle of the night at 2 in the morning with this disease. But low blood sugar is one, and protein snack will give a pretty good idea if that's going on. Mm. Well, you know, doctor, there's over 100 different problems that fall under these five uh, broad categories. How does a person determine which treatments they need? Well, uh, Radia, I had this illness back in 1975. It actually knocked me out of medical school and left me homeless. Um, and I was lucky enough to learn how to recover. Uh, went back to medical school, did great. And I spent the last 40 plus years with a simple goal, making effective treatment available for everybody. Um, now, I treat people from all over the world, and that can be done by phone if needed. I know many people choose to travel, and it's a long way to, to where I am. Um, so, you know, many people choose to do a phone consultation with me, but that gets pricey. It's a three-hour of my one-on-one -on -one time. Uh, most people can't afford that because they're wiped out by the illness. So uh, I actually hold a U.S. patent for a computerized doctor. And we made it for people with fibromyalgia. Uh, the an updated form of that is called the Energy Analysis Program. And uh, you can go to our website. Uh, you can go to the vitality101.com and click on Step 3, and it'll tell you about the SHINE protocol. At the bottom, you'll see Energy Analysis Program. Um, you can do that. And it's a quiz. If you have lab tests, it can even analyze your lab results. And it can determine what's causing your energy crisis and tailor a protocol to optimize energy production using the SHINE protocol. And uh, we initially charged $400 for this, and we told people, that, but if you couldn't afford, you know, you can do it for free because we want everybody to be able to do it. And 80% of people wrote back and said, I'm financially devastated. I can't afford anything. And we just, my wife and I just decided to make it free to the public. Mm. Uh, anybody can do that computer program for free. And it will do a very detailed protocol. It'll tell you here's exactly what's triggering the energy crisis in your case out of countless factors, like you said, and how and a tailored protocol uh, for how to optimize sleep, which hormones are need to be addressed, and all these different things for each individual uh, person. Wow, that's, that's a great program. Um, yeah, we all have, have to have a hobby, you know. 
<laughs> there you go. There's so many. We have just a short period of time, but I wanted to ask you real quick about the correlation with fibromyalgia and um, autoimmune. Do you see any reference there? Autoimmune is one of many triggers for the energy crisis. So about a third of people who have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, will also have a secondary fibromyalgia. Each of these needs to be treated differently. You need to treat the MS and lupus, for example, or you need to treat uh, and the fibromyalgia. They both have different treatments, some of which overlap. Um, that having been said, uh, there's also uh, the, a major immune dysfunction in fibromyalgia. The immune system uh, is really under duress. And part of that can include autoimmune factors. So what do you consider things autoimmune in a subset of people you see antibodies against neurotransmitters for example so there's often an autoimmune condition i, I would consider these overlapping but not mm -hmm. necessarily the same thing mm -hmm. well we'll continue our interview with dr jacob teitelbaum md after a brief message from our sponsor you're listening to the wellness connection on voice america digital radio network Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost, and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code WellnessConnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Welcome back to The Wellness Connection and our continuing interview with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, MD. Dr. T, you published two studies showing that a nutrient called ribose uh, increased energy an average of 61% in fibromyalgia. Uh, why does this work so well? Well, if you take a look at the energy molecules like ATP or NADH and the rest, these are made up of B vitamins, uh, phosphate, which we have plenty of us in the, plenty in this country, and ribose. And we were wondering whether the a ribose deficiency might be kind of a missing piece of the in, inadequate energy production. And studies show that in energy stressed conditions, the body loses ribose and it has trouble making it. It's something that's a difficult thing for the body to make and it makes it uh, painstakingly. So we thought, well, let's give some ribose and see what happened. And we we're hoping there see maybe you know a 10% increase in energy, which for most treatments is quite dramatic. Uh, and in the two studies, one a multicenter study, uh, 
we saw an average 61% increase in energy after three weeks. Um, and so basically what you're doing is you're feeding uh, the production of the energy molecules. You're taking care of one of the key things that happens during an energy crisis, which is ribose depletion. Mm-hmm. Um, and ribose is easy uh, to get them. And we, I recommend a form called Shine Ribose. We put one out um, and it's a Shine Ribose powder. So you don't have to take 30 pills a day. You just take one scoop two to three times a day. Um, and this way it made it much cheaper. A lot of the ones on the market were $50, $60, and we thought that that was absurd. So mm-hmm. um, so this is readily available. Uh, you can get it at endfatigue.com, or E-N-D, uh, the word end, fatigue, or get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, Dr. T, we understand you've identified seven types of fibromyalgia pain. What are those exactly, and what can people do to get pain-free from those different varieties? Well, it's it's interesting because fibromyalgia represents a mix of almost all of the different pain patterns uh, that are out there. So, for example, it starts with muscle pain. When muscles don't have enough energy, they get locked in the shortened position. That's why after a heavy workout, you don't come home and say, my muscles are all loose and limp. You say, honey, they're all tight. Uh, they're like a spring. It takes more energy to stretch them and relax them than it does to contract. Um, so the muscle tightness <clears throat> goes uh, triggers the pain and the muscle pain, which is a predominant pain. Um, then what you'll see is when you have chronic pain in the muscles or chronic pain anywhere, uh, pain is the body's way of saying something needs attention. And when whatever is triggering it isn't addressed, that pain gets louder and louder. The brain starts to amplify it. And that's called central sensitization or brain pain or microglial activation, whatever names you want to use for it. Um, You'll then start to see what's called small fiber neuropathy, where the small nerves start to shrink back. And you'll see other kinds of neuropathic pain. Uh, The majority of people with fibromyalgia also have then the secondary neuropathic component to the pain. uh, you'll often see also abdominal pain uh, from the infections, most often candida. You'll see sinus pain um, associated uh, with the candida as well. Uh, you'll see NMDA receptor antagonists, uh, you know, or NMDA uh, receptor being overly active or too much NMDA. And then you see where light touch, you know, even the clothing touching your skin can hurt, and that's called allodynia. You'll frequently see migraines, and then there, there's other uh, less common ones that uh, kick in as well. And what what can people do to get uh, pain-free on these? Well, uh, Radia, it's important to realize that pain is not an outside invader. It's not like an infection. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's more like the oil light on the car's dashboard. And, you know, say you're driving down the road and your oil light's flashing and it gets really annoying and oil keeps going lower and it flashes brighter and brighter. So you go to the uh, your MD, you know, car doctor and say, this red flashing light's annoying. What do I do? And first they put a Band-Aid over it. Uh, and then if it still doesn't help, you know, then they smash it or cut the oil light out. And then meanwhile, your motor burns out and you say, God, what a lousy day I've had, you know, and you don't even make the connection. Um, how about if you just put oil in the car? The oil light goes out. And mm-hmm. if you give your body what it needs, our research shows the pain goes away. It's not mm-hmm. rocket science. So, um, I, go on. Mm-hmm. 
So if you restore energy production, um, if you treat the low thyroid, if you treat the candida, if you treat the drop, frequent drops in blood sugar from low adrenal, there's all these host of things you can do, and those will drop the pain by about 50%. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, there are herbal mixes like curamin, uh, not cur- curcumin, but C-U-R-A-M-I-N, Mm-hmm. Uh, one to two, three times a day has been amazing for people, but you want to give it six weeks to work. Hemp oil can be very helpful, even smoking pop. But uh, pop is, tends to be THC heavy, where the hemp oils, if you get a good one, and then, um, quality really matters. The brand that I'll use is one called Hemp Oil uh, by Terry Naturally. Uh, that's a good quality. Many of them out there are not. Um, mm-hmm. And that has about over 60 different uh, cannabinoids that affect each of the different areas of pain that we mentioned, interestingly. It's uh, it's really a widespread approach to it. Um, for medications, uh, tramadol can be very good, Neurontin can be very good. There's literally over a dozen, uh, there, are over, there are literally dozens of both natural and prescription therapies. Low-dose naltrexone can be very helpful. Interestingly, doxycycline or tetracycline has been shown to decrease central sensitization pain. Hmm. and after about six weeks will help. And it's funny, Dr. Oz asked me to write a blog on rheumatoid arthritis and the research using rheumatoid, using doxycycline, NIH research, that was totally ignored because instead of costing $25,000 a year like the new you know, DMARDS intravenous uh, immune medications, they're like five cents. <laughs> so doctors don't hear about the research. Um, but yes, uh, I, virtually everybody can get effective pain relief. I mean, the vast majority of people can treat the root cause of the pain and then give your body what it needs for the specific mm-hmm. type of pain. What are your thoughts on magnesium malate with fibromyalgia? I've read a lot of well, I think mag- magnesium, in my humble opinion, is the single most important nutritional deficiency in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, muscles... Uh, that don't have enough magnesium will get locked in a shortened position because they don't make energy. So whether you're doing an Epsom salt bath, uh, where you're getting magnesium salts soaking into the muscles, whether you're taking magnesium by mouth, and frankly for me, any magnesium except for oxide and hydroxide is just fine. Mm-hmm. The malate, magnesium malate form gives malic acid, which is a critical energy Krebs cycle nutrient. So you're getting a two for one when you get the mm-hmm. magnesium malate. Uh, there are magnesium malates that are sustained release. So for those of you who get diarrhea um, with magnesium, uh, the sustained release ones, it's funny, one company who made that, their entire advertising budget when they started with had roll of toilet paper that they gave out that said magnesium route runs no S bleep bleep tea. Because you, know, those, you use the magnesium malate form in a sustained release, it doesn't give you the runs. Dr. T, in listening to you describe the different ways in which uh, people can alleviate fibromyalgia pain, one thing that really uh, was highlighted for me is that uh, they have to be both consistent and patient in order for any of these therapies to work. Is that a fair statement? Well, each treatment takes a different amount of time. There are some treatments like the ribose, uh, three weeks you're going to see. Uh, the antiviral treatments take four months. Uh, some treatments, people do kratom, they're going to know them in 30 minutes. 
um, you know, hemp oil, you tend to start to see the effects of first day. So one of the things that I like to let people know is for the different treatments, how long it takes to see the effect so that they know what a fair trial is. Because if you just keep adding stuff without taking away stuff that doesn't work, it becomes, you know, you're taking shoeboxes of stuff is nuts. Um, so on average, um, I tell people it takes three months to be feeling 75% better. But everybody's different. But that's mm -hmm. on average what our research showed. Do you but personally? Yeah, you know, you got to stick with it. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's that was that was the point of the question. Thank you. Do you personally treat people with CFS and fibromyalgia? Yeah, I treat people from all over the world. It can be done by phone as well. You know, because you know a lot of people traveling is a pain when you're not sick. Um, if, if people are interested, they, they can write down the email address of my appointments um, manager, Sarah. It's appointments with an S at the end, at and fatigue. So it's E and like Nancy, T like David, the word fatigue.com. Uh, or you can go on my website uh, at, and there's two websites. So you see endfatigue.com. So E and like Nancy, D fatigue.com. There's, uh, and there's vitality101.com. Each of them has different uh, resources available. Uh, Vitality 101, there's a three-step program. Just go through those three steps because it'll walk you through and take you through the information you need. Uh, there's even a one-minute quiz that'll tell you, if, or five-minute quiz that'll tell you if, if you have fibromyalgia or CFS. Uh, that's a separate one. So there's all these free tools because, uh, again, how do you get effective treatment available for 50 million people who have a very complex illness with no money? Well, you use the tools of the Internet and all these other tools available, and that's what we do. Mm. Well, you know, you're doing uh, so many people a great service, and uh, I know all of us who are familiar <coughs> excuse me, with your work greatly appreciate it. And we know you have so much more to share with us, but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, MD, for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Uh, Peter, Roger, my pleasure. Be well, everybody. Fibromyalgia is optional. <laughs> there you go. And, and we'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Do you have trouble with nervousness, trouble relaxing, or turning your brain off at night to fall asleep? Then we may have a natural solution just for you. Calming Cream from Neurobiologics, created by a leading neurosurgeon, provides five essential ingredients to help relax the neurotransmitters of the brain. Who wouldn't want to relax or wind down with a great smelling lotion? Visit neurobiologics.com or coffeewithdrstewart.com for details. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives one formula at a time. Do you or a family member have trouble concentrating, staying on task, remembering things? Does everyday life stress you out, or are you in a bad mood? Well, we may have just the solution. Neurobiologics' new nutritional formula, Full Focus, created by leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist, Dr. Kendall Stewart, with 12 active ingredients carefully crafted by a physician to maximize brain performance, memory, and mood. For more information on this product and to view a video by Dr. Stewart explaining how Full Focus works and may be helpful to you or your family, please visit neurobiologics.com. 
Neurobiologics, where our mission is your health. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Well, Radia, you know what that sound means. It's post-time, time for the supplement of the week. And what supplement are we posting this week, Radia? ADD, Attention <laughs> Deficit Disorder. Peter, I have some good friends that I love dearly, but they have such severe ADD that if I'm going to do anything with them, I have to have plenty of time, patience, and plan on not getting anywhere on time. Know anyone like that? Uh, a few. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really <laughs> becoming quite an epidemic in both children and adults. What's up with that? I don't know. But uh, a while back, the rep from Pure Encapsulation came in. We had a talk about some new products that just came out. And one of them is a product called Cognifos, specifically designed for ADD. And, and the rep told me he was for, it was formulated by Dr. James Greenblatt. He's a duly board certified child and adult psychiatrist specializing in functional psychiatry. So I said, okay, uh, I have a few clients with ADD, give me some samples, and if I get good results, I'll carry it in my store. So uh, the first case was a dad with a 10-year-old daughter with severe ADD, and I gave him the samples and told him to report back to me. The following week, he came in and said, I want two bottles, one for his daughter and one for his son. I said, it sounds like it's helping, and he said, yes, definitely. So I gave samples to a few other folks, and I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. Now, if I can only get my two friends on it. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. The problem is they live out of town, and I can't get them to settle down enough to buy it and take it, but I'm working on that. The magic ingredient in it um, is something uh, called cognizant cytocholine. Well, you know, that's really interesting you mentioned that because I was reading a study in the Journal of Clinical Intervention and Aging, and that stated, quote, cytocholine has proven to be a valid treatment in patients with memory disorders and describes the multiple biological actions of cytocholine in restoring both the cell lipid structures and some neurotransmitter functions. Is cytocholine, which is naturally found in the brain and is a precursor to phosphatidylcholine, that's an important nutrient in brain cell memory for me, brain cell memory integrity and fluidity, and is a potent brain health nutrient. Cognizant is a highly bioavailable proprietary form of cytocholine that's been clinically tested to support attention and recall. Yeah, additionally, I read that cytocholine also converts to acetylcholine, a critical neurotransmitter which is essential to healthy cell-to-cell communication and memory storage and recall. So Cognifos also has a special kind of phosphatidylserine that plays an important role in neuronal communication and protection. Phosphatidylserine is a fatty substance called a phospholipid. It covers and protects the cells in your brain and carries messages with between them. Excuse me. Oh, and? <laughs> what? Go ahead. 
<laughs> it's been widely used and plays an important role in keeping your mind and memory sharp. Relief of daily stress and seasonal mood challenge. Uh, it's been widely used and plays a, an, an important role in keeping your mind and memory sharp. Relief of daily stress and seasonal mood changes and even known to have benefits for the skin and muscle health. And sharp PS in cognitive in Cognifos is the only patented soy-free phosphatidyl series. And Cognifos has the important cofactors such as vitamin B6 as peroxidol 5-phosphate, the activated B6, zinc, and acetyl-L-carnitine, another important brain nutrient. Well, all I can say is I'm getting impressive results. And if our listeners have or know anyone with ADD and are interested in getting some Cognifos, send me an email at thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com or call me at Lake Hills Pharmacy, 512-608-9355, and I'll send you some. The shipping is free. And just a reminder to our listeners, neither I or uh, you, Peter, receive commission on any of these products we talk about. That's, on this a, show. that's absolutely right. I'm just interested in getting this info out because folks are suffering, and these products are not just cheap vitamins. They're a powerful tool that you, as a traditional naturopath, and I, as a clinical nutritionist, biochemical analyst, use for complex conditions as an alternative to toxic drug therapies. Well, and, and given the results that uh, these nutrients produce almost routinely. Mm -hmm. uh, they really are superior in terms of, of providing those kinds of neurological changes that people need when they're suffering from these kinds of conditions. Yeah, people are not Adderall deficient. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare practitioner. None of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease. And today's burning question was submitted by Aaron, I guess, and he, what did he have to say, Radia? Well, you know, Peter, I had two questions, but in light of our guest coming up, Judith McGeary, um, I decided to use Aaron out of Reno's question. He said, do I have to take supplements or can I get all of my nutrients from my diet? Well, Aaron, even if an average healthy adult maintained a balanced diet of 2,000 calories per day, which should include carbohydrates in the form of fresh organic vegetables and fruits and unrefined whole grains, lean organic grass-fed free-range protein, a variety of mono and polyunsaturated fats and omega-3 oils, uh, constant measurement and scrutiny would have to be upheld in order to assure that one was getting the complete amount of unadulterated nutrients from that food. But we cannot ignore the fact that in this modern world, we don't have complete control over what we eat, how it's grown or prepared. And even if it's called organic, doesn't necessarily assure us that it's grown in minerally rich, high nutrient dense soil. That's right. Up until the turn of the 20th century, the majority of all our food was grown on small farms. People would grow fresh fruits and vegetables in their gardens, fertilized by recycling their waste through composting table scraps and livestock manure. And crop rotation was practiced. 
Rivers and streams were generally not dammed and allowed flooding to occur where nutrient-rich silt would saturate and replenish the land. Today, farming is a gigantic commercial industry and machines do most of the planting and harvesting and fertilization and pest control is done with chemicals and toxic pesticides. And Dr. Joe Wallach, a doctor of human and veterinarian medicine, as well as an expert in agriculture and human and animal nutrition, is the author of the book, Rare Earths, Their Secret to Health and Longevity. And he talks about at the turn of the 20th century, wheat, for example, consisted of 40% protein. Now it consists of only 9% protein. And that's really remarkable when you consider that back then you could get enough protein from just two slices of bread. Today you would have to eat an entire loaf to get that same amount. He also states that in 1948, spinach, for example, had 158 milligram of iron per 100 grams. By 1973, it was down to 27 milligram, and today's spinach has less than 2.7 milligrams of iron per 100 grams. So, you know, it's not a wonder why this country is suffering from so much degenerative disease and obesity. People are literally starving. I'm constantly hearing clients complain about never feeling satiated after a meal. All we are eating are empty calories, and two hours later we're scavenging around for more food while gorging ourselves with junk that is more of a burden than the, on the body than sustenance. And, you know, to interject, I, 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 we've, we've heard this many times the standard American diet, mm -hmm. and it's it abbreviated SAD, and for it's these sad. reasons, it really is sad. It is, I know, Peter. When I was in grad school, um, I did a project and wrote a paper about this, and I did an experiment where I took a detailed diary of everything I ate and drank for a week, and I ate very well compared to most, especially back then, and I sent the diary off to a lab to be analyzed, and I was under the RDA in 75% of my diet. And the RDA is one up from scurvy. Yeah, for vitamin C, that's right. And remember, Aaron, that every body is different. So it depends on age, sex, diet, stress levels, genetics, and health condition. And depending on the time of year and what region of the country or the world your food is grown will depend on the density of certain nutrients. And just because it says organic does not mean it is grown in nutrient-rich soil. So the short answer, Aaron, is no. Yep, and well, you can submit your own burning question by sending it to us at the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Tune in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air. We'll be right back with important information about drug induced nutrient depletion and our health freedom update after this brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Do you or a family member have trouble concentrating, staying on task, remembering things? Does everyday life stress you out or are you in a bad mood? Well, we may have just the solution. 
Neurobiologics' new nutritional formula, Full Focus, created by leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist, Dr. Kendall Stewart, with 12 active ingredients carefully crafted by a physician to maximize brain performance, memory, and mood. For more information on this product and to view a video by Dr. Stewart explaining how Full Focus works and may be helpful to you or your family, please visit neurobiologics.com. Neurobiologics, where our mission is your health. Do you have trouble with nervousness, trouble relaxing, or turning your brain off at night to fall asleep? Then we may have a natural solution just for you. Calming Cream from Neurobiologics, created by a leading neurosurgeon, provides five essential ingredients to help relax the neurotransmitters of the brain. Who wouldn't want to relax or wind down with a great-smelling lotion? Visit neurobiologics.com or coffeewithdrstewart.com for details. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives one formula at a time. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Welcome back to the Wellness Connection and this week's drug induced nutrient depletion update, which features. Statin drugs. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> They're the most widely prescribed medicine for lowering cholesterol. In fact, Lipitor is the best-selling drug on the planet. However, physicians need to address a serious risk, and frankly, Peter, I don't know why they are so remiss with this. Statins deplete the body's CoQ10. And that's so important. Think of CoQ10 as the ignition source for your cell. It turns on the energy of the cell. Deficiency of CoQ10 may cause heart failure, muscle pain and weakness, irritability, mood swings, depression, and impotence. And the last few side effects may also be due to lack of cholesterol, which is needed for brain cell and hormone production. That's right. Therefore, people on statins should take 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams of CoQ10 daily to counter this potentially fatal depletion. You know, and I just want to caution our listeners on jumping on the statin bandwagon. Massive amounts of money are being spent by pharmaceutical firms on advertisement to convince the people that their lives are in great danger if their cholesterol levels are high. The cholesterol range used to be 250, but every few years the pharmaceutical industry adjusts those ranges or gets them to be adjusted lower and lower. Yes, and, and in contrast, cholesterol is not really the villain portrayed in the pharmaceutical ads. It's actually a vital substance needed in every cell of the body as it is the chemical precursor from which the body produces bile acids, provitamin D3, male and female sex hormones, and adrenal hormones. These firms have gained nearly total control over the, the curriculum taught in medical schools. And the articles published in medical journals and who receives research grants and what they're going to be allowed to study in these grants. Research has shown that persons with high cholesterol do not have any more arteriosclerosis than per persons with low cholesterol values. And lower cholesterol values by drugs does not cause a decrease in the amount of arterial disease. 
disease. High cholesterol is associated with longevity in older persons, and high cholesterol occurs in elderly persons with the lowest mortality rates and appears to protect against infectious illnesses. Less than 50% of persons having heart attacks have abnormal cholesterol values. And consider the findings of Dr. Hallen Krumpholtz of the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at Yale University, who reported that old people with low cholesterol died twice as often from a heart attack as did old people with high cholesterol. So before you take any medication, I recommend that folks do their research and if you still decide to take a statin drug, be sure and talk to a qualified pharmacist or wellness professional about adding CoQ10. Now it's time for our health freedom segment. Each week during this segment, we'll be talking with renowned experts and advocates about our most precious right, the right to bodily integrity the right to decide what we put into our bodies and how to care for them. Some of us call that health freedom. Today's special guest is Judith McGeary, an attorney, activist, and sustainable farmer. After earning her bachelor's of science from Stanford University and her law degree with high honors from the University of Texas at Austin, she clerked for a federal appeals court and went on to private law practice. During that time, she became a passionate advocate of sustainable agriculture, and she and her husband established their own livestock farm. After seeing how government regulations benefit industrial agriculture at the expense of family farms, she founded the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance, FARFA, to promote common sense policies for local diversified agricultural systems. Judith served as the vice chair of the U.S. Secretary's Advisory Committee on Animal Health, and in addition to running FARFA, currently serves on the board of the Farmed Consumer Legal Defense Fund and the advisory board of the Weston A. Price Foundation. Judith, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Thank you so much for having me on. Judith, I know you've been uh, on the road quite a bit and very busy, uh, a lot of that having to do with um, the Texas legislature, and you've been very active in recent sessions up there advocating for change in agricultural policies. Tell us, if you would, uh, first, why do we need the laws changed, and what's the problem for consumers under the current government policies? So the problem is that for decades, our laws and regulations have been written by and for big agribusiness. Um, Our government explicitly set a policy of get big or get out. They wanted large scale monoculture, row crops, the the corn, soy, um, wheat, and you know, cre- put put the animals in huge confinement operations and pour grain down their throats and grow them as big and as fast as possible. A- and every government policy, every regulation at every level was geared towards that. And so now, as we have this resurgence of interest, as people realize that that system is really fatally flawed, that it's destructive for the environment, it raises food that's not healthy for people, it's driven farmer after farmer after farmer out of business, and we want a different system, but we don't have rules that work for a different system. So all of our farmers who are trying to raise healthy food, who are trying to do grass-fed meats and raw milk and fermented vegetables and fresh organic produce, 
are, are really struggling um, in, in a system that's designed to shut them out. Um, and we need it. So we need the laws changed if we're going to have people raising the suit and therefore have consumers being able to access any of it. That, Judith, uh, uh, shift, sh- switching gears a little bit, does it really make a difference when people contact their legislators? Do they really listen despite the deep pockets on the other side of the issues? They really do. Now, that doesn't mean they always go our way. And every so often you'll run into the legislator who is just, let's face it, bought out or completely brainwashed on the other side. And, and that's that. Mm-hmm. But that's actually more, less common than people think. Um, and it's because we see the headlines about phones ringing off the hooks. So you hear about petitions where people sign millions and the legislators still voted the other way. But those are on issues which are really high profile and they have things just, they've staked out their positions. And I mean, how easy is it to change your mind once you're made, your mind's made up, right? Most of our issues, they actually don't have positions staked out on. And I literally have seen over and over and over three or four phone calls from a district, from the constituents change a legislator's mind. So do you recommend uh, that a person go to your website, the FARFA website, and look at kind of what's going on, uh, what's in the legislature right now, and sort of picking their favorites and then calling on those, like the raw milk bill that you're talking about right now, uh, or the, the, uh, you know, the food processing bill? Um, how, do you, how do you recommend to just your, your regular Joe Blow out there who wants to get involved Absolutely. We try to make it as easy as possible. And I will say as easy as possible does mean a phone call or a personal email. It's not an auto sign petition because those don't have the sort of impact I was just talking about. Uh-huh. It does take making it personal, but we do keep it simple. If you go to farm and ranch farm and ranch um, and you look under our current action items and or our news, there are lots of different ways to get to those pages. Um, but we've got a Texas bill tracking um, page. It lists all of our bills. It lists fact sheets on them. Um, so you have all the info. We've got, um, you sign up for email alerts and we send an alert and it tells you how to call, how to figure out who your legislator is, what to say. It's really, it's really straightforward. It only takes a few minutes. And yes, as you were saying, Radia, the best thing is to pick the ones that really matter to you. This is about making it personal for what matters to you. Right on. Well, we love what you do, Judith, and we are so grateful to you and all of the work that you and FARPA do. And that's all the time we have today, but we hope you'll join us again real soon. I want to thank Judith McGeary for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Be sure to turn in, tune in next week, and of course, be sure to submit your burning question. The next one we answer may be yours. I'm your co-host, Roddy Iglese. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection, brought to you by Wabe and Neurobiologics. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Wellness Connection with Roddy Iglese and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.